Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, House Democrats, led by Nancy Pelosi, unveil the HEROES Act. The HEROES Act, a $3 trillion $3 trillion stimulus package that Pelosi says has three goals. She said her first goal is to open the economy. Her second goal is to honor heroes. And her third goal is to get money into the hands of people and to do it all based on data and science. And I'm pretty much horrified by all of it especially since the data and science she's talking about to base opening the economy on, if it, ha- if it has any relation to the data and science they're using to keep us in quarantine for something that at the most has a 14 to 24 day incubation period. California, LA just announced another three months of stay at home orders, three months. This is not based on data and science. Pelosi is undoubtedly in line with the Democrat governors. That's her idea of opening the economy, honoring the heroes. Corbett nailed that one from the beginning. Beginning. The healthcare heroes are the soldiers of the coronavirus. They they are to the coronavirus what the soldiers were to 9-11. And the Pelosi's idea of getting money into the hands of people, it just so lays bare the whole essence of how Democrats get elected. And I was just I was reading some study of Europe and how all bailout packages basically benefit grossly disproportionately benefit the top like 1% or the top 5%. So this is just payola to keep you quiet while they bail out these companies that were probably going to hit the skids anyway, if interest rates even inched up a tiny bit. At what point do we become insulted by these Orwellian titles? I guess when we restore genuine education, which is a hundred years of stupefying the American public, I do not think is going to reverse course anytime soon. I just don't know how you measure the goal of honoring heroes. I don't know how that's a measurable goal resulting from legislation. It sounds more yeah. like the Socialism Act. I, I didn't look at it, but my guess is that it it has like insulates them from liability, gives them bonus money, pays them like full pay, even though they don't work, like stuff like that. Maybe it it ushers in an expansion of Medicaid. I have absolutely no idea because I didn't read it, just came across the board. I had only heard what she was saying about it. So I haven't had a chance to look at it. I'm sure no one will look at it before it comes to a vote, like within a few days, which is why I think that Jerome Powell, the Fed head, has been spooking the market. So when I heard that she was going to bring down this insanely huge stimulus package, I figured the markets would rally because it's going into the markets. But what I didn't realize, and I should have, is that that wouldn't really fly very well to the general public. I mean, for the bailout to be front run by the stock market makes it too obvious. So Powell came out and spooked the markets so that the markets would go down and people like equate that with economic health or whatever, and that will get support or that will be used to say their support for this stimulus package. So that's why I think, you know, I feel like there's a little dance going on there. And I mean, I think it's going to go on for a little while anyway. I don't know. There's always some sort of little dance going on with these people. (laughs) 
Everything's a con, especially right now. Everything's backwards. They want everybody fighting with each other. Everything is polarized and politicized. And really, it never ends. Like you said, the California shutdown order is going to be extended three more months. Or Los Angeles, actually. Three more months. Just forever they're going to stay shut down. Yeah, let's talk about that. I want um, First, I just want to interject like what I was said I was going to mention yesterday about what the Fed is actually doing right now. So Powell said, oh, government has to do something right away. So like he literally called out to Pelosi to get this done, to get like a stimulus package. Meanwhile, what he did not talk about, or not that I didn't see it in the articles I read, that the Fed started buying ETFs, exchange-traded funds of fallen angels. So like investment-grade bonds that are now below investment grade. So he's taking government money and he's or he's printing money. He's not taking government money. He's printing money and he's buying bonds that are have very high interest rates. And so he's bringing down the rates of those bonds by creating demand for them. And it, that does a lot of things. One or a few things. One thing it does is it disconnects how much return you get for an investment. So if you want to retire, you want to put some money to work, and you're going to put it in something risky like this, you need to get a healthy return. But you're not going to get a healthy return because he's artificially depressing that. So you really aren't going to get paid for the risk you're taking. And then you look to other things that are a little riskier. You put your money in equities, and then that props up the Dow. So those things are trading too high. It just drives down returns everywhere, which of course makes the retiree suffer. Now, the they and they're even considering buying stocks, which would make that problem worse too. Now it's a it's not a problem for the people who own the stocks and own the bonds. It's a gift to those people. But there's a bigger problem with it in that if now you're the one who and they and they pick and choose. It's not like you every single person gets every single bond gets X percent of their bonds bought by the Fed. They pick and choose. They decide. So then what happens? The guys who run the companies who have already overburdened themselves with debt because they were enticed by ultra low interest rates at the end of a 10-year expansion, 11-year expansion, where demand was definitely going to flatten, like they were facing a crisis and they made bad decisions because of the moral hazard of too low interest rates. But now- when these guys go in and pick and choose, the Fed picks and choose, they're going to pick and choose the people, the companies that are going to do their bidding. And the companies are no longer going to care about shareholders and how to give them good risk-adjusted returns. They're not even going to care about customers and how to give them what they want and compete with others. All they're going to care about is who is driving down their price of funding, financing their company. So if they get really cheap financing, they can charge less for a product than someone else can charge who isn't getting cheap financing. So they're going to do whatever the government wants, especially when it comes to, or I should say what I see the government always wanting, what these politicians always want is social engineering. They want policies. They want Target to have transgender bathrooms. They whether Target's customers want that or not. If they say, "Well, you're a homophobic company, we're not giving you this," or whatever their particular policy issue is at that time, they have that leverage over them. Plus, the whole idea is that it is now kind of devolving into pure fascism, where the government is funding private companies. And what are the private companies doing? They're profiting from it. They're pocketing it. I mean, at least I hate to say this because it sounds sympathetic to the socialism stuff, but at least with the socialism, 
you have to hide the money. Like when you take the money out of the government coffers, you have to hide it. So it sounds like you're saying that they can give funding or money to companies based on whether or not they comply with these progressive demands, like the transgender bathroom example you used earlier. Is that what you're saying? I, I, I'm saying that the potential for any kind of cooperation with the government is there. Like, I'm not necessarily particularly worried about social engineering. Maybe they give the guy payola. You know, maybe they bribe Powell. Like, you know, it can be anything. But instead of just being out in the marketplace competing for business and giving us better quality for lower prices... That's going away. Like, I think consumer prices are going to go up across the board, separate from this idea of inflation as a monetary phenomenon, as Milton Friedman says, like actual real prices, not inflation, but actual prices relative to wages, haha, will be up significantly in the not too distant future because of a lot of these policies. But if you're interested, if anybody's interested, I read a really good article in at Mises.org about it was it's about negative interest rates, but it touches on all these concepts here. It's by Barney and Cleveland. It's just from the past couple of days. You can find it easily. So uh yeah, for the nerds out there. Great. <laughs> there are a lot of nerds out there. Come on. Nerds make the world go round. That's true. They do run things sometimes. Yeah. Bill Gates is definitely a nerd, I would say. Dude, and I would say he's a created nerd. <laughs> I've got to get that. A created nerd. You can patent that one. Or, created uh, nerd. Oh, one. my gosh. Musk, Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about Musk. Are we ready? I want to tell you about my experiences today. Oh, in, yes. In do normal. tell. Do tell. I went to the doctor with my mom and also went to Chick-fil-A Dwarf House, so I got a little bit of a taste of what the new reality is going to be. And there was no traffic. I don't think people know what a Dwarf House is. The Chick-fil-A Dwarf If they're from Atlanta, they're going to know what the Dwarf okay, House right. is. But those who I've never Atlanta, been there. There's a couple of Chick-fil-A Dwarf Houses. One of them is the original Chick-fil-A, and they're sit-down restaurants as opposed to the fast food restaurants. They're like nice sit-down restaurants with a buffet-style menu and a bunch of different food as well. And they have a little dwarf door. That you can go in, you can tuck, you can duck down and go in the dwarf door. And it's called the dwarf house. Well, that's the one I went to. The doctor before going there, there was no traffic. It was the appointment was at nine thirty. We got there in a breeze. We parked right next to the building. All the parking spots were open. We had to wear masks going in. Only a limited number could go in. And before going in, we had to have our temperature checked. And that was the interesting part to me. So you walk in, and there's this woman standing there behind the sliding doors, holding what looks like one of those laser guns that you scan your your product with when you're at the self-checkout at Walmart. And she points that thing at your head like you got a barcode on your head, and she's going to scan for the price, but actually she's scanning for your temperature. She's like six feet away, pointing this laser gun at you, scanning for your temperature. She looks down at it, marks it down on some sheet of paper, then tells you whether or not you can pass or not. So I see that as an easily automatable function that you just put it with the camera. The camera does facial recognition. It's, it, you know, please stand still for your scan. And then they scan you, they register the information, and you're either green-lighted, you're green-goed, or you're red-stayed. I think that's exactly what this is going to be because you really don't need a person to operate this other than pulling the trigger, and they can definitely automate that. And once they have all the contact tracing apps up, then your name and your, your temperature will go into the system. 
It's so obviously a a, a made up story. Well, I don't know if it's a made up story. I, I'm not. Let me just say. I don't want to get into what I think about that right now, but when you look at the war on terror, when you look at the drug war, when you look at the mass shooting things, when you look at all these these um, fear-mongering events or events that are exploited for their fear aspects, and then you see these policies, these um, regulating surveillance censorship policies that come into place, like personal regulation, information gathering, all that stuff, control – It's so if you just take one step back and just don't think about the cause, they're saying, well, this is for the virus. So stand still and let us scan you and record all this information. If you just disconnect it from the virus narrative, you're like, what the hell? It's it's straight out of like every sci fi movie. I love it's like from Minority Report to Total Recall, like those visions. And in this in the store today. And I'm in California in the store. There was like two way aisles. You can only walk in one direction down the aisles, like in a regular grocery store. And then there's the central scrutinizer overhead saying, remember to look up and see which way your aisle is going. And like, it's freaky. And it's like, in order to prevent contamination. That's how it you is must- here too. Yeah. Yeah. At the oh, grocery stores here. Yeah. Crazy. And it's it's just so dystopian. The Chick-fil-A Dwarf House, the parking lot was like that. They had arrows, they had cones, they had what looked like a dozen workers in masks directing traffic like they're on an airport runway out in the parking lot. And the cars had to go in a specific line. You weren't allowed to go one way or another, had to follow the orders. And when you pull up, there's people outside taking your order, wearing a mask, obviously. I was not wearing a mask. And believe it or not, I didn't stab anybody. I didn't break anybody's arm. I didn't shoot anybody. Did anyone stab you? No, nobody stabbed me. I did get- get heckled? I didn't get heckled. I did get a look by the the person taking my order. I wore a mask to the doctor because you had to wear one to go in. And very, I don't like them. It's hard to breathe, especially for patients who are going in that have breathing problems. What happened at Chick-fil-A is you go through, you order, and the girl said, are you paying with the app? Which they seem to be expecting people to pay with the app. I didn't get the memo. I said, no. And she looked at me as though she was a bit miffed by it. And... I think she was miffed because she was scared that she was about to have to touch a disgusting, potentially Corona-covered credit card. And so she goes and gets a cup, tells me to pull up. I'm like, am I in trouble? Because I'm not using the app. And I pull around, and she walks over with a large, sweet teacup. So I realize I'm supposed to to drop my credit card in this empty cup so that we don't touch it. She doesn't touch it. It's just a disgusting card. So I drop it in the cup. She's like holding it away from her face and takes it inside, scans it. Maybe the, I don't know if they had some sort of clamp to touch it with. I, I don't know, but they scanned it. She brings it back out and instead of handing it to me, dumps the cup. It like turns it over in my lap. <laughs> wow, at Chick-fil-A where they're normally really, really nice. She wasn't trying to be rude. She right. was just trying to not touch the She's afraid the of the card. invisible monsters yeah, that are crawling exactly. all over your credit card. And that is what it is. <laughs> We're, we can't even touch credit cards. We're dumping them from because cups in people's laps. She might at this point actually see them crawling around on there. Uh, like, I told her. That's I was, how yeah. the power of suggestion. But I was reading an article by a you know discredited doctor or whatever, a certainly maligned doctor, Blaylock, saying that masks can cause hypoxia, that low oxygen level. And remember last week I was saying the Wall Street Journal was was 
talking about doctors who are puzzling over their, I don't know if I said the term, but it was in the journal, their happy hypoxics, people who are coming in who seem completely normal, who have low oxygen levels, so they're jamming ventilators down their throat when normally they would never do that for someone who wasn't showing symptoms and they can't figure it out. And I'm wondering if, and I said, like, how are they testing this? Is protocol different? I'm wondering if they're just, they're testing people where their masks are still on. And that, and that, you know, just when you walk into the place, you put the mask on. I don't know how fast, I don't know anything about how fast your oxygen level can drop, but like whatever. If there is a connection between wearing masks and hypoxia and there's a new kind of hypoxia being observed, perhaps there's a connection. There could very well be a connection. Those things are not easy to breathe in. And if you have a problem with breathing, your oxygen is going to go down with the mask on. So speaking of Chick-fil-A. I was listening to a to the serious. Can I tell the story? Did I interrupt? I was going to say one more thing with Chick Fil A yeah. is when they bring your food out to you, they bring it out in a giant cardboard cutout box that they've made into a tray, and they they hold it towards your window with their arms extended out, like their face turned away, and you just grab it, grab it off the tray. So there's no contact, no touch, as little as possible, and you're getting shot with a laser a laser flu gun before you go into buildings. That's part of the new normal. <laughs> And it's not just, and it is going to be normal. And here's what I was listening to. So I was was listening to Sirius and they said that there was a, some fast food chain, I didn't catch the name, that was, you're not allowed to do your own soda anymore. And they were making masks a permanent part of the uniform. So I immediately thought, whoever that is, is definitely very well connected, signaling, setting the pace. They got a memo from whoever, Fauci, hey, I need your help here. And they and they did it. So I was like, I want to buy stock. I mean it's it's beyond my horizon. I think stocks are overpriced. I don't I don't know. I always lose money on that stuff. So never listen to me. But I just thought, you know, it might be interesting to see what company it was. So and it was definitely a chain. Uh and so I looked into it and it's Burger King, it's like the restaurant group which owns Popeyes. Oh, Just really? speaking of like, you know, the virtue circle, yeah, like the virtue dialectic of Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. And it's like, oh, Popeyes. is, And and if somebody's going to get a bailout, is it going to be Chick-fil-A or is it going to be Burger King? It's going to be Popeyes. Who's going to get the bailout? This is where my, my story is coming in from the Fed. Like, who do you think is going to get that money? Chick-fil-A? Yeah, if you're a restaurant or not making it part of the uniform or rejecting the mask altogether, you're not likely to get it. But if you're virtue signaling, you're going to get a lot of support from the media and you're probably going to get some of that bailout too. I wouldn't be surprised. I want to talk the California shutdown, but do you want to take a little break for our friends at Neighbors? Let's do it. What's up, guys? With everything going on in the world right now, it couldn't be a better time to grow your own food. Or if you're like me, to learn how to grow your own food. Something that I've wanted to learn how to do for a long, long time because I want to learn how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. That's why I'm thrilled to have found Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, one of the most welcoming, friendly, and truly helpful places that I have ever been to in my life. They offer affordable, high-quality garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of, and they got it, and they got it at affordable prices that the big box stores cannot compete with. And the best part about it is that they're locally owned by a fantastic group of folks who are happy to answer any growing or planting questions that you may have. It's the kind of personalized customer service that a beginner like me needs. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Neighbors Feed and Seed. I would hang out there 
all the time if I could. They would have to kick me out, which they wouldn't do because they're too welcoming and friendly to do it. It's that kind of place, and you can feel it as soon as you walk through the door. So if you are in the Smyrna area, go to Neighbors Feed and Seed. I promise you, you will thank me later. Maybe I'll see you there. In the meantime, you can check out their website at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. That's NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. Or if you have any questions, give them a call at 678-653-8838. That's 678-653-8838. And make sure you tell them that the propaganda report sent you. All right, let's do this quick thing on the shutdown uh, on California. So I, I just... Tesla, I I meant to talk about this yesterday. Tesla is opening their factory against the strict orders of California. They have one factory in the U.S. and it's in a very like not a very cold spot for coronavirus. Like nobody has it in that area. It's in Fremont, Northern California. And Tesla's like, I'm opening it anyway. And I just ask if they start arresting people, they arrest me first, you know. So I don't know if he's telling people they're going to get fired if they don't show up. I mean, I don't know. But the state is working hand in hand with him to get that factory open. Now, I don't I don't really know if that's just your classic case of favoritism from the state. Again, this is a way that the state controlling all this stuff can can pick the winners. I really don't know what's going on with that. But I do. But there are two things that I do have to observe. One is that there there was like a kind of phase one reopen in L.A., even though they have announced a three more months stay at home order, which please like. Please, in a second, let me finish this and then tell me if you think there's any rational thought behind that argument for that. But so 60 company, 60 little businesses, gyms, salons, stuff like that opened. They said, screw it, I'm opening. And they're facing criminal charges. Now, I would like to, you know, I haven't looked into the laws, but like what law they're saying justifies like that emergency power gives or whatever, that emergency power gives any power to the government that it doesn't already have. I don't know. But what it really does is it it unveils or exposes the fallacy of letting the government issue permits and licenses in the first place. Everybody's like, oh, it's you need to regulate or you're get a bad haircut or some, you know, stupid thing like that. But people don't really think too hard about the government being empowered to issue permits and licenses. And they always just assume that the government has the same interests at heart. They're really just going to do the right thing. But here they are abusing that power. And now instead of just like, well, it's just a process, it's like, you know what? They are actually asserting the right to go onto your private property and tell you that you cannot conduct business. And all this stuff starts with like the no smoking, everything, anything they told you to do on your private property and that we acquiesced to over the years is really why they have basically total power. And then I think that there's a little catch in that refers to something we've talked about a lot in this whole story, but I'll take a breath. On top of the three month shutdown that we mentioned earlier uh, Los yeah they're Angeles. extending it do you know yeah. what the do you i mean is the can you think they're extending of it cannot, three months is what they're anticipating you know what's the I rationale have you heard anyone articulate a convincing rationale not one that's convincing but it was done after fauci said that if they open open back up too early then it's going to be mass death exactly this is what i've got i mean i wasn't setting you up for that but that is exactly what my next thing was going to be is that There's an article about Tesla in the Wall Street Journal today saying Trump is supporting Tesla. Trump is supporting Tesla. Okay, and this is what it says. I'm going to read you this. This is the closing paragraph of this article in Wall Street Journal. 
In recent days, as Mr. Musk has intensified his fight with local government authorities, the CEO has used language similar to that raised in protests elsewhere in the nation against lockdown rules, including saying that such orders violate civil liberties. Musk on Twitter has said people should be given back their freedom, a message Mr. Trump also has shared on the social media platform. And in that article, it says Trump is pressuring governors to and states. He's giving the power to the states. He's not they've talked about this on the news. He's not using federal power to give guidelines, but he is pressuring the state and local authorities to open up. So here it is, Tesla, Trump, the protesters, civil liberties, all on one side, and Musk saying uh, that the infection rate of COVID is low and the damage being done to the economy remaining shut down is greater than the virus, okay? That's one day, and I think it might even be in this article. Otherwise, it's you know side by side. Fauci saying that, there would cause a lot. The nation faces needless suffering and hmm, despair, <laughs> death, needless. I can't read my own damn right. Just because I do everything by longhand. It's needless suffering and death. It's death. exactly if it reopens too soon. So now you have that dialectic that we've been talking about. Who's going to get blamed when this all comes circling it's down? It's the Republicans' on- fault. Absolutely. And there was one last thing when Fauci was doing his uh, like congressional whatever hearing from his home. They were reading on Fox News the tweets that people were tweeting while they were watching this. And one of them was, you know, oh, he looks great. His place is a little messy. But what would you expect from a brainiac? Whatever. And then one of them said, oh, look at all those books. Books can be used as props, but not this guy. He's read them all. I've read every one of these books. (laughs) He is a caricature. Yeah. So that they're continuing to feed into this dialectic good guys versus bad guys. And I think we know where it's going to come out. Yeah, I think we do know where it's going to come out. And this plays into the election leading up to the election in November, obviously. And another story that plays into the election is the Aubrey shooting in Brunswick, Georgia. And I have some thoughts on a new development that came out late last night that's in the news today a little bit. More so, my focus is on how the information was reported as opposed to what was reported. I'm going to tell you what happened or what was reported, and then I'm going to tell you how it was reported by the AJC and how it was shared on Twitter by somebody with the AJC. And it's abhorrent. It's terrible. It's terrible reporting. It's everything that's wrong with journalism, in my opinion. The new development in the case was that there was the information came out that two weeks prior to the shooting, on February 11th, McMichaels, the father and son, they had an encounter with a man identified to be Arbery by one of their neighbors. Now, the neighbors told police, they told reporters that it was Aubrey. They said that police also recognized the guy who was caught on camera as being the same guy who they have caught on camera multiple times. And the person that was caught on camera was caught inside of an under construction house. It doesn't say whether it's the same house. It appears to be, but it doesn't say that. But a ding was sent to when the camera saw the person to the owner of the house. He was two hours away. The owner alerted this person whose name is Perez. And this and this person <laughs> went over no and relation. so did the McMichaels. And the McMichaels met the person halfway in the yard and they had an encounter with him. And the, the person, the suspect, put his hand in his pants, reaching for what they believed to be a gun. It spooked the McMichaels. They ran out of there. And again, this person identified that person as being Aubrey. 
Whether that's true or not, that's the story. Here's how this was reported. Now, that's, that is an, an eyewitness account, but that is not on tape, is, or is that on tape? They say that it was on tape that he was in the house multiple times. They haven't shown those. I suspect they will leak those gradually. I got a weird comment on the video I did saying, are you going to do another video about the video that was from the day before? And and I had looked for that and there was it was unsubstantiated. And I said, well, I, whatever. I'm not. This isn't about that. I don't know. I said, no, it's a jury. It's a question for the jury. And. Uh, but I thought it was weird because I was like, I don't. I don't think there is another. Like, I haven't seen any other videos. There's two videos. You saw the one of him I've going seen in two the, videos. Yeah, that's what but I've I didn't also. see. I, t- I saw, vi- but they were both from February 23rd. I didn't see any videos from before. They said he was caught on surveillance tape before, but you would have thought, you said, no, the video has not surfaced and I could not find it. Yeah. But this guy on my on the YouTube thing said that, you know, unequivocally, and I thought it was weird. I kind of thought he was a troll for that reason. They say they exist. I suspect we will see them if they do. And there are me ring, too. Now I think that we're going to see it. Ring cameras all over doorbells in that neighborhood. We're probably going to see a lot more stuff. That's just going to make this thing confusing. But that story, the information in that story, does not exonerate the McMichaels. It does not convict Aubrey of committing a felony. But it does add another piece of information to fill out the picture a little bit. Why can't you just report that normally without it being biased? I'll tell you why. Because people are so afraid of being seen as taking the wrong side of this that they can't even report straight out information. Here's how I found out about this story from an AJC writer who tweeted it on Twitter, obviously. This is the headline. This is this person's tweet. He says, the father and son suspects charged with hashtag Aubrey slaying had a confrontation with a young black man in their neighborhood less than two weeks before the shooting. So it sounds like they just any black guy goes into their neighborhood and they get. Yes. Pissed bingo. Off. And you read the comments. That's the impression that that leaves. Like they're and, patrolling the area for. Yes. <laughs> the, the comments. There's multiple comments that say. So they were looking for someone to kill. That story checks out. Did they murder him too? They were hunting him. They're hunting African Americans. They're racist. They want to kill black people. Like almost all of the comments. Right. A, That's what people got out of that story. Yes. There's a, well, they read the headline and they didn't actually read the story. Anybody who didn't read the entire story is going to come away thinking that these guys just hunt down and black people, which plays the hate crime angle. And the actual article says this. When you click on the article, it's not any better. The article starts off with suspects in Aubrey shooting had earlier confrontation. And then you read the first paragraph. It says that the father and son charged in the case had a confrontation with a young black man who had entered the neighborhood house under construction, according to a neighbor who helped in the search. It's not till like two paragraphs later, buried deep in the story, that you find out that that neighbor, who they're citing as a witness in the first paragraph, they cite again, the neighbor said that he identified the person as Aubrey. That is what you lead with. That's not what you bury down in the part of the story. Yeah, that yeah, no, don't the story read. is Aubrey and McMichaels had previous encounter. Allegedly. Maybe maybe the person's lying. I don't know, but they can say that. They can qualify Oh, right, because you don't have the video. Right, right, right. right. So, but to leave that out and to bury it and to intentionally play up this race division is terrible. Absolutely. It's, it's terrible, and they should be ashamed yeah. of that reporting. It's so common. That is commonly what, what – that's very blatant, but it seems – that's why these stories don't usually catch my eye. Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to give you a quick – I know we got to wrap up. I want to give you a quick – 
where I think this is going. They're pushing hate crime legislation in Georgia right now. They're saying, pass it right now, don't change it, and they want to change the name of the House bill to Arbery. They want to name it after him, and they want to get some hate legislation passed in Georgia. We're one of four states that do not currently have hate crime legislation. Now, federally, it, federally, this is going to go to a grand jury, but you can't have the grand jury until June 12th because of the coronavirus. Now, June 12th is... You know, about five months or so before the election, grand juries on average last about three months long. That's how long the grand jury was in the Ferguson case, 25 days over a span of three months. Now, if this were to be three months from June to September, that's going to finish about a month and a half before the election. So that is going to ramp up race division and hate across. It's going to tear the country apart right up to the election. And this is such a polarizing thing. That's why this story is in the national news and why other shootings are not is because of this reason right here. And this is how it's going to play out. And if they do not actually take this to trial from the grand jury, there will be outrage, not unlike Ferguson that happens in Georgia. And they, I don't know how hate crimes work because they're like not a real legal concept. So I don't, I just don't know how that I'd have to like try to figure it out. So I don't know what it takes to get an indictment for that. I think that they, they should be indicted for something in Georgia, like some kind of manslaughter or whatever, because the questions of law and fact seem pretty like valid for a jury, not to just yeah. dismiss it as a DA. I understand those legal concepts, but federal hate crime. I mean, that's, that's a weird concept to start out with. So they yeah. could probably make it go either way. See, I have a feeling that if this were to be clear cut where it would pass, then they would have already released all the damning information. But since they're leaking it out and it's confusing and vague when they it only makes things more murky, I think they're they're leading us up for a narrative of division instead of just going ahead and showing us that they're guilty of something. So I think it's going to be... Yes, yeah. Oh, definitely. It's always divisive. Like, if it's clear-cut, there's no ambiguity. You don't have any problem. But a couple little quick uh, hints I want to make is we have a disappearing patron party on Friday. Anybody who wants to be a part of that, become a patron, which is super fun. Has many benefits, including the Patron 15, which we're about to do. And I want to tell people the first gig announcement I've heard in a while, and uh, was tweeted at me by a couple of people, JJ Bookie, Big, big friend of the show has a gig Saturday at Tucker's uh, in Tucker at Tucker Brewing. And he wrote this song so, right here. Saturday. Yeah, he, he does all our music. He's our uh, he's a, a, a big patron of the show and a patron of the well, we're the patron of the arts. He's <laughs> the fantastic. artist. Yeah. All right, the Patron 15, I'm going to talk a little bit about today's acts of civil disobedience and the way that some commencement ceremonies are happening with the help of robots. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want to get access to that extra content we post every day that we post a Drive Time News Blast, go to patreon.com slash report, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.